Oh, look, it's Hotline Monday for April 10th, 2017, with uh, me, Scott Johnson, and Justin Robert Young right over there. What's going on over there? We're back, folks. Are you, to, back. are you to my left? No, you're to my right. Wait, if I'm facing this, if I'm facing outer space, you are to my. Hold on. You are to my right. If I'm looking down at the planet, you are to my left. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I I didn't know. I just realized that you were talking about the Earth and not the the layout. Like no. you were pointing to me in the layout. No, it actually kind of goes back to our old conversation we had about um, the way maps work and stuff. And uh, I just realized that that's kind of how this is working again. It's like you're you're on the left or the west coast, but only if I'm facing the map itself sure yeah yeah oh okay <laughs> pot is not legal here yet so don't worry everybody no. but I'm that's why you're driving out to nevada tomorrow <laughs> where it is legal. so uh you can finally get your you're out of it you're out of your stash and you got to go replenish are you hey. are you surprised by the way that nevada doesn't have legal pot yet doesn't that seem like a state that would uh have embraced this by now i think they do hmm. it's a matter of them rolling it out uh a potter in the part in the pun oh. uh, no it's happening like there's there's it is it's shocking that they were not on the forefront of it i guess is is the is the easier way to say it yeah. but i i i think the other problem is that number one vegas isn't exactly a gigantic city and a lot of what makes vegas vegas is a fair is a a, a smaller element of nevada as a whole nevada as a whole is probably a lot more of a conservative state you know it shares a lot of the voting demographics with utah like yeah. voting wise nevada is a little bit is, is a lot more like utah than you might think yeah. so yeah. it is not shocking when you actually look at the demographics but when you think of like okay what's the most popular thing about nevada you know uh, past gold claims it's uh <laughs> you know, Vegas and Reno, yeah, right? Yeah. And and those two places would probably love, love, love uh, uh, for for that to happen. And and as people are pointing out in the chat room, uh, Nevada has passed weed for recreational purposes, so uh, it, I'm sure it'll be there. Finally, a more uh, diversity to the flyers that'll be handed to you while you walk down the Las Vegas Strip. I think it's even I think it's even more, more appropriate. Oh, I'm hearing myself more appropriate because of the fact that. Uh, that town, the, the the town of Las Vegas, founded by a bunch of Mormons. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of awesome. And then they went on. A bunch of those guys said, "Yeah, we're good. You guys stay here. We're gonna keep going." And they went all the way to San Francisco and founded yeah. that town. So yep. what a what a tangled web we weave out here from the Salt Lake on. Just just sticking it right to you guys. Just stabbing I you right through the heart. No, I, I love it, man. I just think that everybody just got a little bit the further west. Things got a little wilder, right? <laughs> like, it's like, hey, listen, like, this is the place. Just, you know, he, he puts the puts the, the stick down, Salt Lake City. It's like, all right, uh, women and children and grandparents are here. And then everyone's like, all right, I'm going to keep going, though. Set up another Salt Lake. Next thing you know, you got Vegas and San Francisco. Yeah, then came the mob, then came the, you know. The, the many colors of San Francisco and the rest, as they say, is history. So speaking of history, we've been gone a couple of weeks. You had a lot of traveling. You did some uh, some stuff in Florida and some other things. Yep. And yep. We're, we're back, though, and, and we're going at it. And um, you, we were just talking about me going to Vegas tomorrow, which is happening. And excited yep. to see anyone who's listening there in Vegas tomorrow night. Uh, but you made a comment about road trips. That is how I'm getting there. Typically, Vegas is, is a place when I go, we drive. We've flown a few times, but... Usually we drive, finding it either cheaper or convenient to have our own car there or whatever. Yeah. Uh, sometimes family on the way, that sort of thing. So uh, that's what we're doing. And you had made a comment. You guys are five six. That that to me, road trip wise, is like the outer end of like. All right, yeah, we'll definitely do that because that that's basically San Francisco to L.A. It's yeah. like five and a half six hours. Sure. So, you and know, pe and people do that, and you can do that, and you know, if you leave early enough, you there you're there before noon. Like big deal. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that's our thinking. But you were talking about how uh, driving goes. So when we have driven, we've driven as far as I'm trying to think of the farthest I've gone in a car. Farthest my wife's gone is Mississippi up to here, which was about 2,700 miles or something. But for me, it's like, I don't know, Seattle, California coast, that sort of stuff, 12, 15 hours. So you made some comment about how, that works and i'm curious where, where you're headed with it before we started the show 
So that's the longest you've driven? 12 hours? About 12 straight hours, I think, is the longest. I've personally driven, like been behind the wheel driving the car. And I, and I should make this really clear. I am notorious for this. And my dad, if he were still alive, rest his soul, could confirm. Um, and the reason he's dead is not because of this, but no, he can no, confirm no. that I've got about 25 minutes in me before, no matter my condition, no matter what I started as, 25 minutes into the drive, if I'm driving, I will become recklessly tired and yawn and have to pry my eyes open. And there have been some ser- some major close calls on long trips before because Scott was driving. I am yeah. known for this. So my wife is hesitant to let me behind the wheel for any long period of time and have herself fall asleep or something. Because she knows that I have a tendency to doze off when I drive. And I do. I'm bad at it. So I wouldn't call it narcoleptic or anything, but it's like. No, 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 no. I think that there's there's definitely, you know, there's an art to it, right? And, sure. and I think that there's, there's an element of body chemistry that kind of comes into a big, big salute. I'm sure that there's plenty of long haul truckers <laughs> that listen to both of our stuff because like they're they're huge fans of podcasting and everything. And that's part of it. Like it takes a special kind of person to be out there on on the road like that yep. uh longest i ever did 24 hours from uh from south florida to syracuse did you I, drive I the whole solo. time did you not sleep solo yeah by myself. holy shit you're an insane person i seriously that'd kill me i couldn't yeah. do it it was an ill-advised thing <laughs> i shouldn't have done it it was dumb i felt dumb while i was doing it at a certain point my stomach was just uh a roiling uh, cacophony of of beef jerky, bananas, and gas station uh, Java. So, like, <laughs> you could just imagine some of the bombs I left up ninety five. Uh, you know, when when that was happening, but it was uh, it was it was good. So, anyway, look, long story short, really, my long haul driving all comes from living in South Florida and uh, when I was going to college, dr- commuting. One way or another, I wound up doing a couple trips back and forth from Syracuse to South Florida. Only once by myself. But it made something very clear to me. And this is what I want people to call in. All right. 801-895-4724. Because in my mind, there are two kinds of people in this world, Scott, when it comes to car for long car trips. People who, when driving, either don't care if... Somebody else is sleeping next to them, right? Yeah. Even prefer that somebody is sleeping next to them because that means that they are going to, when they awake, they'll be able to take over the wheel almost immediately, right? Mm -hmm. Or people who find it offensive. Like you are insulting them or putting their life and your life at risk by sleeping next to them. Yeah. I, I understand what this. Are you? What are you? <laughs> um, maybe it depends on when you ask me this question. When I was younger, I was definitely I'm sleeping kind of guy. But that's because your parents are driving, right? Like if my sure. dad's driving and I might he might let me drive and I'm 16 or 17 for part of the leg of the trip or something. Uh, when I would be in the car, I would almost immediately go to sleep. There's just something about, I was probably one of those babies that you took in car rides to get you to calm down. Yeah, exactly, I just immediately yeah. just the hum of the road and the whatever, just I'm out. Uh, so I want to sleep and do, uh, Kim, the one I'm with. So it depends on who you're with. I think who I'm with most often now, uh, she prefers driving. She likes it. She actually yeah. enjoys it. She wants that music cranking. She wants to have the open what, road. What, is, what is her preference? Her preference is that I sleep, but she still talks to me, even though we've agreed that I can sleep. So in other words, she'll say, have a good night or have, you know, have a good nap, whatever. I'm just going to be doing this, this distance between beaver and uh, hurricane or whatever it is. Uh, so just go ahead and nod off and I'll start to nod off. And in 15 minutes into it, she'll go, Oh, I didn't tell you that so-and-so called with the thing and the deal. And I'll just, Oh shit. And I'll kind of half wake up again and it'll be a conversation that she just assumed I was ready to receive. So that's testing the water though. Right. (laughs) Because like, there's plenty of those times where she makes that comment and you don't wake up and she just keeps going. 
Probably. The, the question is whether or not she's going to slap you to, to 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 wake up to hear because she needs to talk. The answer is no. If if she, if she's uh, really tired, we have to pull over to switch places or something. She may tap me awake or something, but she's not the type that to get mad. And 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 there's no like prior agreement to make sure my eyes are you know open with toothpicks and not you know losing any sort of uh, attention to what she has to say or do. So it's a pretty good arrangement. Um, the only downside is when I do drive. She tries to rest but can't because she thinks yeah. I'm a terrible driver. That you are, that you're bad. That I'm actually you're like you're bad. bad at driving. Yeah, I'm bad at driving. That the road and I don't belong together. That that we are going to die if she falls asleep. So there's that. I mean, I don't. Even, I wouldn't even call it a paranoid delusion. There have been some times where I have swerved in, at moments or done a thing or closed my eyes for a brief second. When I open them, what I was looking at is now a mile and a half behind me which means yeah. i kind of went out for a while like i understand her fear it's not unfounded and uh that's kind of how we roll and we'll probably roll that way tomorrow is my thinking and on the way home for that matter now the call the calls are blar- blaring through here so we're going to take one of these yeah come on uh hi you're on the air who's this hey this is um i've been listening to y'all forever oh thanks man what's on your mind what's going on so I was talking. Uh, you were talking about uh, people uh, going on the long drives and everything. If you prefer someone to be asleep next to you, or if they have to stay awake, and I, they have to stay awake. There's it is your duty as the co-driver, the person in the passenger seat up front, to keep you awake and to make sure that you're okay to drive. Ah, that's interesting. So, so in 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 pra- or, well, in theory, I think I agree with you. Like, there's something about that responsibility. If you're solo in it, like Brian, like uh, Justin used to do from Florida to New-, to New York all night for 24 hours, that's one thing. You're kind of, you know, it's me, myself, and I for that whole trip. But if you've got somebody behind the wheel and part of your safe journey, which statistically is less safe than it would be to fly or something else, part mm-hmm. of getting there, getting there in one piece is the buddy system, then perhaps I'm failing at it. Maybe I'm no yeah. good at it. You want to know what, what? sir? With all due with all due respect, not only are you wrong, but you are spreading your 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 bad feelings to other people and you are making yourself less safe. The way that this should go is everyone should sleep exactly when they want and therefore be fresher when you need to tag out. Uh. You are not making yourself safer by making sure that everybody suffers exactly as you are suffering. <laughs> In the driver's seat. I am vehemently against keeping people up. In fact, I always, on any kind of big long road trip, yeah, one time yeah. we went from Syracuse to New Orleans to cover the the championship, and that was my one job. I'm like, listen, I'm going to go to sleep now, early, but when nobody else wants to drive, at in the dead of night, when the last person, I'll do the graveyard shift. Yeah. I'll do the the 1 o'clock to, to, it wound up being like 6 or 7 o'clock, in the morning, uh, uh, you know, a trip from Cincinnati to, Oof. you know, God knows where. <laughs> that sounds bad. No matter, I, no matter what you say or how you say it, it all sounds bad. Oh no, but but that's the the job is we all get there safe, right? Yeah. So it's always befuddled me. It's always befuddled me that 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 the the failing of the driver is being blamed on the passenger. Yeah. I kind of agree. Uh, yeah, I think he makes an interesting point. Uh, maybe under certain circumstances when there are zombies outside or something that you two of you better not go to sleep or neither of you should. But you got to have somebody. I mean, there's a reason why when someone has the lookout job in movies, everyone else is sleeping. So he's up. And then when it's not his turn, he's sleeping. They got to get their it's sleep. So we have fresher hands on the wheel, fresher eyes on the road. That's right. Call you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, uh, Mike out of Denver. Hey, hey, Mike out of Denver. What's going on? Hey, uh, I'm with Jerry on this one. I mean, I actually prefer it when my wife sleeps when I'm driving. <laughs> what is it? Just because she's out of your hair? Or what's the deal? Well, you know, I mean, long road trips, you get a little <laughs> solace. You get some time to yourself and put on a podcast. Sure. Something That's like the that. way to go, but, brother. So Thank to... you so much for calling in because this is another thing that I feel yeah. very strongly about. You, I always wind up getting more confused or make more mistakes on the road when I'm talking to somebody 
compared to when I'm just listening to a podcast. Oh, interesting. All the processing is happening between the ears. Then I'm way more adept to get things right than if I'm talking to somebody. And now I'm like trying to gauge for verbal cues and I'm trying to figure out what they're saying and why they're saying it without looking at them. Like, you know, or, or I'm trying to impress them. I'm telling a story. I'm trying to remember other things that like go along with it. I'm trying to be a good conversationalist. That's when I make mistakes. That's when I've gotten lost. How do, how do you feel about existing in a modern world where what the person next to you uh, doing isn't necessarily getting sleep for the next run, but is sitting binging on a bunch of downloaded Netflix con- Netflix content they they put in there before they left home. In other words, is it more distracting or irritating that you're doing all of the navigation and the other guys, you know, enjoying episode eight of the OA or whatever? You want to know what? I think that that really boils down to whether or not you like driving. Mm. Because I I like driving. I like doing going on road trips. Like I, I do enjoy that element of it. So. I don't mind if they're they're doing something they like. I'm doing something I like. It's fine for me. Now, if it's something that I also want to watch, I would just say, "Hey, unplug those headphones. Just I'll, I'll listen to it, you know, while 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 you're watching it. And that's fine." Yeah. Uh, for me, I like the I like the I like driving in so much that driving is start, stop, turn, curve, move, park, pick out, blur, 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 like the nuance of driving, like the minutia of, of an average moving around kind of driving. I really enjoy what I don't like. And what puts me to sleep is one flat road in front of me, gas held at a certain point and, or the autopilot things turned on. And all your job is, is to keep that wheel steady and not wipe out someplace. I hate that kind of driving because that's not really driving. We need machines for that. No, dude. You want to know what? What? This is this is a personality. We we are very similar in so many ways and yet very different. And this is one of those points of different differentiation. All right. Because that to me, and this came on those long drives from from Florida to New York, upstate New York. That is your that is the closest I will get to Zen. <laughs> the, the understanding of my spot in the universe yeah. as a speck of dust. Uh, uh, moving through infinite space, you never, I, I never had to have that drilled in more. The, my secret that I tell everybody for long distance driving yeah. is understand you're never going to get there. <laughs> like, there's nothing worse <laughs> yeah. than looking at every road sign, especially when it's a long drive, right? Looking at every road sign and saying, okay, well, I'm 200 miles to Charlotte and Charlotte is about 500 miles from uh, DC and DC is about 600 miles from Syracuse. So that means that I'm that, that, that you're yeah. driving yourself nuts. You might as well shove little sewing needles up your fingernails. Like, like you are torturing yourself. If you understand, I will die in this car. <laughs> I will never leave it. I will drive infinite like infinitely yeah i come to peace with that yeah you go way faster but don't you sleep when you do that because i do i fall no, asleep with those you think notions. about everything you think about life the universe every uh, situation you've ever had whether or not you're making wise or poor decisions in life now to be fair if i'm going to uh, be honest i did not make a lot of wise decisions after and around those those trips so maybe it didn't exactly help me live a better life but it did <laughs> Uh, uh, allow me to, you know, drive for ten or twelve hours at a time and not want to kill myself. All right, uh, here's the th- here comes a thought just came into my head. By the way, someone was just called and I had them on the air and then they hung up right there at the end. They may have thought something was wrong. There was nothing wrong. You can call back whoever that was and I'll add you to the call. But I was going to say this. I in a, in a much younger time for myself, I made a solo solo drive to Los Angeles, uh, and I guess a solo drive back. Although I had a car behind me who I knew that was following me, so. By the way, that's that's a good way to stay awake, by the way, is when you know there's another car relying on you being in proximity all the time, not too far ahead, not too far back, uh, not turned off when he doesn't know it. Like that kind of attention is, is a good way to keep me awake. But anyway, yeah. on the way down there, uh, I remember this sensation at one point that I wasn't moving to somewhere else. Like I wasn't going from point A in Salt Lake city to point B in downtown Los Angeles. I was going from, I was going nowhere. I was in, I was stationary and it was the world that was moving underneath me. 
So in other yeah. words, it was more like a treadmill where it was just a matter of rotating this ball beneath me so that it met. So I was up on the part that I wanted to be at, but I actually never moved. And I remember that very distinctly, like, oh, yeah, man, this is like that. Isn't it kind of like that? And that was about midway where you're either going to go insane <laughs> or yeah. or whatever. Right. Like and I I'll, I'll tell you this and this is a big admission for me. And this is total primordial. I don't know where this comes from. Part of my problem with driving long, long distances, and again, the Vegas thing tomorrow is no big deal, but long, long distances, part of the problem for me is this feeling of control without control. And what I mean by that is I am deliberately going from somewhere to somewhere, and I'm making that choice, and I'm staying in the lines, and I'm doing what I can, but any second, if I wanted to, I could just go and just go flying off the edge of a cliff in the middle of Arizona someplace and no one would ever be the wiser. Like, knowing that you're always just one steering wheel glitch away from complete disaster kind of weighs on me. (laughs) Like a big fat guy sitting on me just going, "Ah." and that that makes it less, that makes you less focused or, or it makes it less enjoyable. It does. It makes it more weirdly i'm more exhausted and more tense about it as i'm doing it because i'm thinking about the kind of what you're talking about on your longer trips you're talking about the kind of fragility once you accept the fragility of life and that you're going to be in this car forever then suddenly things are are fine i always get right up to this edge of like this is going fine but all i have to do is yank the car to the left and we're done we're gonna roll over that's a low that's a low grade version of your plane anxiety Right. Kind of. Yeah, I guess. But see, my plane anxiety is less about the plane and flying and you're in the air. That doesn't bother me. What my plane anxiety is that guy two rows up looks like he's about to throw up or the guy right behind me uh, snuck on with, I don't know, something or that kid just pooped in his seat or like all the other stuff you can't control. You're in the you're in a tube in the sky and something rotten goes down. And like when I was going to Japan and they had an air air inflow unit go bad and the whole place smelled like it was burning, like the plane was basically smelling like it was on fire and there was smoke in the cabin. Yeah. And we are over the Pacific Ocean, somewhere halfway between Alaska and Japan. And all you can't do anything. You are in the tube and that's it. There's nowhere else to go, at least with driving. I can get the hell out. I can pull over I can go walk around. I can get my feet you know, moving like that's, that's, I think the difference for me, it's never been about like, Oh, we're in the air. Man wasn't meant to fly. I don't care about that. That stuff's fine. <laughs> we're, we are supposed to fly. We're technological beings. We figured it sure, out. Yeah. That's we, interesting though. So, so you just have like small room that you can't leave. Yeah. I hate that. Like oh, issues. And not that. necessarily that like the plane's going to go down or anything. Right. Like it would be the same. I'm I'm sure it's a form of like claustrophobia, maybe because I can handle being cramped up in something for a bit. But when I start thinking about it, then there's trouble. So if you put me in a small, a tiny room or if I'm in a crowd where there's no way I'm going to make myself through the crowd or I'm in a bathroom that are there's, you know, hundreds of people in there or something at a game or whatever, like that's when it sets in. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't get out of here. Like I have no control now. That's the uh, ticket for me is control. And so when Can I'm, I, you, yes, go ahead. Real quick. All right. So we're, we're back on, on road trips. Uh, <laughs> I got, I got the, the recipe for time travel. Okay. For killing time, murdering time. Oh, I love this. All right. All right. You ready for this? Yeah. Cause time is the one part of the equation, isn't it? It's the, probably the most important part. Cause Absolutely. it's not, it's not just time in a tube in the air with some guy that just took a dump on the, in the walkway. It's time in the tube in the air that takes time. Like, we're not going to land for four hours. That's the part that sucks. It's yeah. not, if we could go down in five minutes, great. I can wait that. So, yes, go ahead. How do you kill it? So, yeah, this is less for, for, for planes, but certainly more for, uh, uh, I mean, I guess it works for planes, but uh, it's easier for cars where you can fit, you know, you can hear all five people if you got five people in the car. Right, right. right. The movie actor game. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, wait, no, no. Yeah, movie actor. Okay. All how's right. how does this game simple. go? I don't know how this goes. Very simple. Okay. Name uh name a movie, any movie, literally any movie. Okay. Um uh, Time Bandits by uh, Robert or uh, by Terry Gilliam. Okay. Uh Sean Connery. He's in that movie, right? Uh Oh yeah, he is. 
He has Sean the, Connery's in that movie. Yeah, he has the horse head on his head. So now you yeah. name a movie with Sean Connery in it. Oh my gosh, this is fun. I like games like this. Uh, all right, I'm going to name uh, James Bond uh, uh, Goldfinger. Okay, so now I can't remember anybody else in Goldfinger. <laughs> so I take... Is this part I of the deal? Strike. Okay. Strike. Which wait? Who? Which which one? I take a strike because I can't name anybody else in gold. Oh, okay, okay. So that's where I, I was wondering if you had to convert and like go. All right, uh, Austin Powers because it's kind of like anybody uh, uh, else in there. Yeah. What was that? I was I was afraid you had to go all Austin Powers and like think of something like James Bond or something. No. Like that. And now I I think whoever starts again, but, but, but in two people you want to always be altering who has the movies and who has the actors because there is it is a little easier on one side or the other right uh but that game for whatever reason and it, it there's a little qualifications right you need to know somebody you need to be with other people who know enough about movies that they can keep things moving you don't want to necessarily uh it is about killing time not necessarily about murdering all your friends at the game so you want to keep the, the idea is keeping the ball up in the air but for whatever reason thinking cross what like the part of your brain that processes the time that you are spending in a car is the exact same part of your brain that uh, like remembers movies and the cast of movies yeah. about like how that, 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 you know, who were the voice actors in osmosis Jones? Like, you know, <laughs> the same, the same spot, man. Cause I, I, I have had entire, like the like Orlando to South Florida is about three and a half hours. Yeah. I've had it feel like 15. If you got a good game going, oh, you just you're crushing it. You're crushing. You're so, zipping along. So you think that six, let's say a six-hour trip to Vegas is gonna just rip by then, isn't it? Because that's six hours well, is nothing. Is Kim is Kim a movie a, a person who remembers people in movies? Yeah, she likes all that stuff, so she could probably keep up. I mean, I think I might be a little more nerdy than her, but then I also have this problem where I can't remember an exact name, and instead I'll I'll say like a character. But we could probably modify the rules a little bit. You can modify it. Yeah. yeah. That's the idea. I, I, I'll i tell you, play the game tomorrow, and you're going to text me tomorrow and say, I we, I, I thought we got two rounds in, and we, we were in Vegas. We pulled in. Because <laughs> if you think about it, because this is, this is how I do it. I go, all right, well, how long is this trip really? And it's really just two viewings of an extended version of one of the Lord of the Rings movies, right? Yeah. So it's like Return of the King and uh, Fellowship of the Ring back-to-back. Big deal. Although you shouldn't do that because two towers is looming in the middle and you really should watch that next. But anyway, yeah. so there's your two, your your two three hour chunks. Or it's like um, you know, nine rounds of Heroes of the Storm, which I've done on a night. You know, I played that six hours straight into the into late into the night or whatever. I like to do that. That does help me quantify the time instead of just looking at a wall of six hours and know that I'm just entering minute one. It's just yeah. a shitty feeling. I hate that. Um, and then on the other side, there will be a minute, whatever the minute is. Uh, so I'm going to try this because I've never tried it. I mean, we with the kids and stuff, there's always fun games and stuff you think of and songs or whatever you do, right? Yeah. But I've never, this particular game has never come up. So I'm going to take your advice and we'll, we'll report on it next week. <laughs> and I'll see tell how you it what, goes. Yeah. Just give me a call. I'll play in. I'll, 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 be, I'll be the third. <laughs> All right. I may not be able to pick you up very well right around Beaver, but... Uh, not a lot of cell reception up in Beaver. Beaver, Beaver's a uh, Beaver's a very dark and closed-in place. Oh Jesus! <laughs> a lot of underbrush. You know, there's a uh, there's a there's a liquor store in Beaver called the Beaver Liquor, or no, it's called oh. Beaver Beaver Liquor for real. Uh, I'm I'm sure there is, and there is, and then there's a town right before Beaver called Fillmore. This is the truth. Stop it! Stop it! And so you can go to Fillmore Beaver exit. There's a stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Jesus. You always love it when the dad jokes get blue, right? <laughs> like it's just like it's the same quality of joke, but it, it, it's the ones after eleven o'clock, the ones you had to cut for air. Well, they write their own; they write themselves because they're actual towns and actual things. They they had to the, really a Fillmore next to Beaver. Yes, there is a Fillmore, Utah, right next to Beaver, Utah. Absolutely, that yeah. is the truth. I'm gonna look this up on the map. <laughs> it's kind of the greatest thing ever. I'm a, I'm a, liar if you're if you're fibbing at me all right so it's not all about driving today there is a little bit of something here going on that thor trailer dropped this morning and uh thor ragnarok specifically yeah which apparently has some sweet uh uh well it's it's made this decision i feel pretty consciously to make itself a little bit more since they're spending their time out in the cosmic marvel universe to be a little bit more guardians of the galaxy like 
instead of Avengers like. And I yeah. think that's to its benefit. Um, I, you know, again, trailers are trailers. We talk about that on the show all the time, and maybe they don't represent fully what the final product will be, but that looks like the most fun I'm going to have in a Thor movie for sure. I don't know what part of that action comedy, colorful trailer that had a 70s anthem <laughs> anchor it, uh, you know, you would, you would say is uh, Guardians like. <laughs> So here's what's awesome. All right. How familiar are you with Taika Waititi, the director? I'm not familiar with his work at all that I know of. Do yourself a favor and uh, watch ASAP, possibly on your road trip tomorrow, What We Do in Shadows and Hunt for the Oh, that's this guy. That guy. Never mind. He's the... Okay, What We Do in the Shadows is my second favorite movie of 2015. You know the other one, so I won't say it. Yes. Um, I've seen it probably five times now. It never yeah. ceases to make me laugh, and he specifically is in it. He plays the vampire that accidentally hits everyone's main vein when he's eating them. Yes. Um, I forgot he was doing that. So now I know I know who this is, and, and now I'm more excited than I was before you said anything. You seen Hunt for the Wilder People? No, but I hear it's great. Get it, get it in your life. Uh, right. It is not great. It's exceptional. Uh, it's really, really well directed. It's certainly a step forward in terms of uh, the visual directing yeah. uh, than than what we do in Shadows. Although what we do in Shadows was very well done. Yeah. Uh, what is really amazing about his work is that he just gets these kind of character moments and he's such a fresh sort of comedic voice in the way that like guardians of the galaxy is fantastic, but James Gunn is a horror director who gets comedy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and there's a lot that kind of comes into the horror director toolkit that when you do non horror stuff, uh, you can do it really, really well. But Taika Waititi is a, a character comedy specialist, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the, he, that's the reason why he worked so well with, uh, Flight of the Concords, and there's a reason why, um, you know, what we do in Shadows and Hunt for the Wilder People is so good. But really, Wilder People, dude, it is there is more character building in like the first 15 minutes of that movie than in most <laughs> movies in general. Wow, like so good. Okay, I'm, I'm, I know it's streaming someplace too because somebody told me that and said you need to get on this. And so now you're the next person to tell me. And I've seen Eagle versus Shark, which I also loved. Yeah. From 2007. It's older, but um, yeah. Now now that all the name, for whatever reason, here's the racist side of me today. Okay. When you, when you said his name, I thought it was like a, a Japanese director I'd never heard of. Oh, yeah. That is racist. Yeah, That's a little bit. really racist. A little yeah. Bit. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's none of those things. He's from, he's from uh, New Zealand. And uh, yeah. Yeah. This will be, so wow. This is a huge step though. You go from wilder people. I mean, before, before that, what we do in the shadows and I guess he's working on a sequel with the werewolves. Yeah, oh yeah, no, we are wolves. Yeah, so that's, that. Th this seems like a real um, moment for him, doesn't it? To to move into the big machine that is Disney Marvel filmmaking. Woo. I mean, certainly so. And and you know the the biggest thing that I think you get from that trailer, which I think has resonated with people, is that idea of we've had a real fatigue in. Marvel movies, yeah. right? Like even the ones that they're always good, but it's always like, Hey, I'm a bad guy. I'm going to do bad things. And then the hero says a few jokes and jumps up and down and throws their thing around. And next thing you know, it's like, okay, well we're done. We had a fun time. It was a good time in the movies, but there's not really a lot of consequence there. And we've done that a lot. Uh, what I love about that trailer is that it's like, okay, first thing you see is Thor in bondage, yep. right? Yep. Second thing you see is Kate Blanchett destroying Mjolnir. <laughs> yeah. Third thing you see is her destroying Asgard. Yeah. And, so by, the, like, and by the way, that thing at the beginning is also one of those great tropes I love so much, which is the whole, how did he get in there? The voiceover which he, where he basically says, yep, that's me. I'll yeah. bet you're wondering how I got myself into this. Like, that is a great little touch, I thought, for sure. Uh, and the idea that let's realize that Chris Hemsworth is a very funny guy and let's make this a comedy. Cause as soon as Jeff Goldblum is just like, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh, yes, I am the uh, <laughs> runner of the Coliseum. I uh, I fight to the death. It's me, Jeff Goldblum. Like it's like all right, this is a comedy. Yeah, you get that really amazing moment with him and Hulk. Uh, it's ah man, I'm I'm just I'm super pumped. You know because as we get that this year, right? It's mm -hmm. Guardians and then that. Yeah, I think those are our two Marvels this year, and they both. I mean, I, I was doing a comparison to what we're gonna get from DC. I think all we're getting from DC is uh, Wonder Woman. That's it. Because you don't Wonder Woman this year, yeah. Because yeah, nineteen is your is your uh, your full blown uh, Justice League deal, but <clears throat> some of that feels a little too too little too late. I mean, we're, well, what, what did you think about that trailer, by the way? Um, I don't think we've talked since then. Uh, no, we haven't. I don't know, man. Like I, I, I go so back and forth. Like there's so much about Zack Snyder's style that I like, and but I really hated that last movie, and I I want this to be great, but I don't know, like. It's not going to be enough to just make jokes about how we've got a, they've got a snarky uh, Aquaman who's tougher than any of them. Like it just needs to be. It's just going to be more than what I'm seeing. Those trailers don't inspire me. I feel like the Wonder Woman trailers kind of got it going on. More there for sure. Different director, obviously, so maybe a different a touch or different approach. But even that's a little. I don't know. They just are. They're just so like 2012 with these movies. Uh, by the way, I do think Justice League is this year. I think it's later this year. Oh, it is. Okay, so they've got two as well. Interesting. Um, I you how know, there's a moment in that Justice League trailer yeah. when Bruce Wayne is talking to the Flash that I would, just for laughs, love to see shot with Robert Downey Jr. and the Spider-Man kid. Oh, uh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland, yeah. just because like there's, you would imagine the dialogue could play in both, right? Right, right. That that in the Marvel version, it would be Spider-Man being like, "So what's your superpower?" And then Tony Stark like looking at him with the kind of like quizzical, deadpan sort of thing, and just like, in like a matter of fact kind of way, just going like, "I'm I'm rich," <laughs> like you know, and it's a funny, but he's trying to be funny. He knows that like. The kid just boxed him in, and now he's going to slap him back. Mm -hmm. But in that Justice League trailer, it's the Flash, who's younger, and Bruce Wayne as Ben Affleck. But Ben Affleck kind of, like, growls it at him. Mm -hmm. Like, just like, I'm rich. <laughs> like, like, oh, Jesus. All right, man. Like, he's off the kid. He's just asking. Yeah. I mean, I understand the difference in the approach. Like, Tony Stark and Batman are the analogs of the two comic you know, companies, they, they're the two rich guys who don't have any real powers, except they are, you know, they work out and they're rich <laughs> and they yeah. work out. They're rich and they buy a lot of good toys that help. Although Tony fight. Stark doesn't really even work out. No. Like, you know, Tony Stark is just kind of like, he works out cause he's rich. He has nothing else to do. So he might as well. Yeah. Like, I think the suits are working him out for him or something. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like they, there's, there's an opportunity here in Justice League to be the most important comic book movie ever because it features the most iconic characters in the history of the thing. Even though Superman's not featured in that, you know that dumb thing's got some, oh, remember when the dirt moved in the end of Batman v Superman? He's, he never died. And we're going to wait till the half the end of the movie's over before we bring him out again. Like, all that's going to happen. And it matters because this is, a, this is the greatest supergroup of all time. Sorry, Avengers. It just is. Oh, yeah. But it may not be in film form. It may be well, a real bummer. It's the greatest tag team. Yeah, I guess so. But it has, op I'm just saying there's potential there to do something special. And I don't know that we should. This is like saying three or four uh, Transformers movies in. I really think Michael Bay is going to make it this next time. Maybe. There's always a chance this new Transformers will be amazing. And the same thing's true of Zack Snyder uh, DC films. Maybe just maybe it'll be the one. But I don't know, man. We've been let down a little bit up till now. So if we go purely by track record and, hey, how do you make your buying purchase choices? Do you buy a car because it breaks down every model you buy? No. After the second time, it's, you know, shame on you or me or however it works. So you're going to go buy a different car. Well, at some point, people like you and I are always going to see these, but at some point, the the going public going to be like, "Eh, I didn't like that last one. I don't think this looks very good either." Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that there's a lot for us to like. You know, I, I don't know what it is between like my my movie going experience changing or knowing more people that make movies, like or 
what it was, but I, I really don't have any interest in like, oh, this is going to suck, or I hope this guy gets fired, or I hope that this no, is done. I don't dumb. either. Yada, yada, yada. It's either, like, yeah. uh, if anything, I'll, I'll tell you what. I've come to the realization that I do not think Batman vs. Superman was a good movie. Yeah. I don't know that there was a film that I had more fun talking about than Batman versus Superman. Interesting. More than Rogue One, where you took the most heat in your life? More than Rogue One, where I took the most heat in my life. Yes. Uh, Well, because I didn't like talking about Rogue One. Yeah. Because Rogue One was was a movie that a lot of people liked, and I didn't. So it's like there was really no joy there, aside from just, you know, the joy of just trolling, right? Like, of, of just needling people. But, like, Batman versus Superman, it's got the Martha scene. Like, how can you not love the Martha scene? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, I, I've, I've, I've probably spent an hour of my life if you just stapled together back to back all the times I've retold that scene to people that haven't seen the movie. Yeah, it's bad. The, you're reminding me that it's bad and that Martha thing makes so it worse. Good. Yeah, so good it's bad. All right. Martha. So I think Thor is had, had all I'm saying is its price went up for me today. And I went in going, oh, all right, it's Thor, it's cool. I mean, I'm, I've been on the record as saying, and it wasn't because I avoided it, but I have not seen the second one, Dark World. I never got around to it. And for whatever reason, while it was in theaters, there was something going on, and then something else happened, and then just never happened on on streaming or Blu-ray or anything. I, I, I keep planning on seeing it. I just haven't seen it, and it just never felt like a priority. So I went into this going, well, I'm not even caught up. I haven't even seen the second one, so maybe I won't even care about this third one. And I walked out of there really caring about the third one. Yeah. So I'm all up in that, all super stoked about it. Um, and everything they showed was great. And the Hulk thing at the end is exactly what I want out of that. And I just, just that line, like, I know him. He's a friend from work. Yeah, I know he's a friend from, I, from work. It's just like, <laughs> who says that? And then I realized, no, everyone says that about their work. Like, about their work, but the idea that <laughs> Thor. <laughs> who's like at this point we assume at like the lowest point in his life is just like thinking of Hulk as a guy from work is just <laughs> just such a great line just so 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 funny and the yeah. idea that that like he's ruining the good time for everybody yeah like just just the way that that scene that little moment builds of like him like everyone's like you know like yeah fight to the death fight to the death and he's so excited that everyone else is sadder because yeah. he's not like terrified or in like this bloodlust. Yeah. Oh, so the good. other thing too, thing I, the thing that we want to be, I think we should be heartened by is they successfully without us noticing or not did the impossible. They came in and said, Hey, you know, that cosmic Marvel universe, that's just insane and dumb. We're yeah. going to, we're going to in multiple cases. We are going to turn that into gold. We're going to make that fun, interesting, compelling, like Thor should be so dumb and so should guardians. Sorry, but it should yeah. be the comics are great, yeah. but it should be dumb. It's a talking raccoon. It's a tree. It's dumb, but they totally nailed it to the point that I think that's more attractive and interesting than the, than the mainline universe. I would much rather get into cosmic space with those guys than anything else they're doing. And the other stuff's fine. I'll, well, I think, I'll, I think that that's, uh, that's going to very obviously play heavily into, uh, into into infinity war right right like that's that when 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 they do their video announcing that they're filming they very consciously decide to put three people together yeah tony's or you know robert downey jr tom holland and chris pratt yeah and that is to symbolize the the what you've known known and loved of the avengers and everything this new exciting outgrowth of the marvel universe and the stunt casting that you never thought you'd ever see with Spider-Man. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're going, they're doing fine. Nobody should worry about them. The uh, rumors of their death are greatly exaggerated. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Oh, hey, guys, it's Skills Cat in the chat. What's up? Hey, man, what's going on? What's up, Skills Cat? Hey, um, I just want to let you know, oh, I, want, I want to talk about Ghost in the, in the Shell. Oh, I yeah. I saw that the other day. Yeah, how'd that go for um, you? You want me to not spoiler it or spoiler? I guess it doesn't really matter. I'm just going to do an over overview. First of all, sure. I love the show. I love uh, Monday's my favorite night. 
because I know that I can sit down and watch Hotline Monday, Hotline uh, Monday every Monday. Oh, that's good. So, Except we'll, for the last yeah. two Mondays, but yes, I'm with you 100. percent Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, that, I'm sorry. We weren't, I'm sorry we weren't here for you, man. Because it sounds like you. That's, you know what? That's uh, somehow I made it through the two weeks. Without <laughs> you, so that's okay. Um, so Ghost in the Shell. You know, it just it just doesn't quite work. I mean, it's it, it was what it was. But just to give you an example as to why I don't think it worked. Um, and everyone, you know, tried their best. Uh, there's an entire five minute scene in ghost in the shell where it's just like a musical scene, you know, with the kid chorus singing in the background and just like strolling through the streets of Japan in 40 years in the future or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that's a great scene. And they don't do any of that in this movie. Mm. Um, also in the original, the garbage truck driver scene. Oh yeah. The original it's, charming and heartwarming and then it just breaks your heart that these guys not only and i'm going to spoil it a little bit here that these guys not only you know got hacked in and controlled but that their entire backstory that the guy was going on about his kid was not even real yeah. and you know and like that had to be put there i mean it was just a it was a it was a at first charming and amusing and then heartbreaking uh in the end story and they just don't, they kind of, they kind of glaze over all of that. I mean, they kind of mention it, but it just doesn't play the same way it does in the anime mm. version. Mm. So, you know, I liked it. Scarlett Johansson is awesome. And they tried, but it just didn't quite work for me. Well, that's too bad because I know, um, yeah, I've been hearing a lot of very, at the most middling things about the movie and at the worst, people really disliked it. And um, I think it's hard to, dis it's hard to divorce just in the, uh, a, a movie based on a hallowed, respected anime and then not expect just the most scrutiny ever but also it feels like the reason that people were upset about the movie when it got announced are not the reasons they don't like it they don't like it because it's just not it's not good you yeah, know by the way I, I don't i don't i mean like uh the, the studio came out and said oh the whitewashing controversy hurt the movie I, I have a hard time believing that it helped the movie uh but you do hope that the reason why you make a casting decision like that is so more people come to see your movie because more people want to know what Scarlett Johansson is doing, especially considering she had just recently over the last five to seven years built up a bit of a reputation for being an action hero between the Marvel movies and Lucy. Mm -hmm. That being said, the movie wasn't good, right? By all, <laughs> I haven't seen it, but, uh, you know, didn't get really good reviews. Uh, and, and you're right. If you are not going to excite fans of the original adaptation, then you might as well just do it, you know, make it, you know, New York 40 years and call it, you know, the, the shell of a ghost and, and just have it they're like, okay, yeah, we're, we're obviously drawing inspiration from this story, but we're, it's not going to be the same thing. Do something different yeah. because if you're not like, like the, what Marvel has got that other people haven't is the idea that like, why is Wolverine making more money than just generic old guy does a thing movie? <laughs> right. <laughs> because people like Wolverine because they have a connection to Wolverine because the idea of a Wolverine movie that was taken seriously excited fans of it. Therefore, especially very evangelical fans like uh, a comic book and anime and uh, fans are, they got out there, they told their friends, they posted on Facebook 19 times uh, because they didn't care about wearing their passion on their sleeve. Right. Like I, I, I don't get when they do stuff like this, when it's just like, okay, well, at some point we're going to piss off our fan base. Mm -hmm. Like at some point we're going to steer this in a direction that annoys our fan base. And I know that it's nobody's decision to do that. It just gets noted to death or the producers make a decision or the studios make a decision that is beyond anyone's control. But it's like, why should we be surprised? What well, when's the last time that an adaptation openly pissed off the fans of the original uh, work and it was more successful for it. Oh, Aside man. from the movie adaptation. Uh, <laughs> that's a good, that's good, question. good question. I'm going to say hardly any like Ghostbusters, the same problem. Um, uh, I mean, you can do, you're talking movie to movie though, right? Like TV to TV to movie, I think has been a little bit more successful. Certainly you can get away. You know, you could probably argue that even as, as bad as the Transformers movies are, in my opinion, in many people's opinions, they keep getting megs, they keep making money. So they seem to be doing fine 
by that metric of success. Yeah, but also it's like people who love Transformers as a kid. Yeah. Sure, there are lore nerds for Transformers who really, really, really want to, you know, understand exactly the ins and outs of the, you know, the the the, the Autobots and the and the Decepticons. Yeah. But in general, you liked it because there was a bunch of vehicles that transformed into robots and then they punched each other and then they flew away and they drove away and, and that was it, right? Yeah. yeah. The movies deliver that. <laughs> they do. Like, they might not be great movies, but they're always great robots punching each other spectacles. Yeah, no one no one ever denies that. They are quality robot punching each other, turning into car spectacles for sure. Yeah. So so maybe that's a bad example, but like uh anytime you take something and want to redo it, you're just asking for trouble. Now, if you're taking something and expanding on it or making something new in it, like Star Wars is a good example of, of this, I think. Uh, the Marvel stuff's a good example of this. They're fun, successful, well-made movies, and it isn't because they had to adhere to some, you know, they, they may have felt, they, there's it's possible without Feige's influence or whatever, they may have felt like they had to adhere to some template, but instead, they went another way, and they kind of took their own thing, and that's great. That's to the to the success of all those movies I just mentioned. But if with something like Ghost in the Shell, you have a very limited template. There's no, it's not like uh, we're making one kind of like Ghost in the Shell, except it's about a dude, and it's you know you can't you have to like, it's either you're doing that story or you're not doing that story. And yeah. then And then what changes you do make around the periphery are going to get you in huge trouble. I just saw eighty or eighty or no around the world in eighty days, the two thousand four one. That is a shit movie. Shit garbage, garbage, yeah. poo movie. It's garbage, yeah. It's garbage. It's poop garbage. Yeah, it's really bad poop garbage. And the problem with that movie is is long list of things I can't go through now. We did it on Film Sacks, so people can hear it there. But but uh but but that's my kind of my point. If you're gonna pick something as as specific as a Jules Verne novel or as specific as Ghost in the Shell or any other work of fiction, and you're going to go approach that from a live action, modern day, whatever the deck is stacked against you just the way it is ghostbusters same deal you know now with marvel you can go there's been a lot of cheesy shit before now so we could do something good for once like they kind of get away with it because well, of that. and also it's like hey look guardians of the galaxy the the movie that we saw probably bore fairly little resemblance to some of the guardians of the galaxy comics right, right. they took uh, liberties with some of the characters and everything but nobody Nobody nope. read those. <laughs> really game shit about them, right? So, like, who cares? Yeah. Whatever. Just do whatever you want. Um, it had its fans, but the fans of those things were just happy to see it get made, period. They were happy to just know that their love was being uh, having guess, some attention. Yeah, and so that's the thing. With, with, with the whitewashing thing, it's like with Ghost in the Shell. So if you told me that you put the best a a, a, a Japanese actress that had exactly the same skill and was was a scarlett johansson waiting to happen that but it was exactly the same movie that it would have been better maybe the person that I mean, at least that maybe maybe the idea of discovering somebody that you got a really good performance out of like there are there are crappy movies that have good performances that make stars but like in in general, no. If it's a bad movie, it's a bad movie. It is. It is. But the movie, it's a lackluster movie. It's but it's but it creates the elephant in the room. If you've got, um, you know, the, if the controversy is not there, you're not constantly thinking about it. It's kind of like, would your date be nice, or would your date be just as lame if she didn't have a booger hanging out of her nose? Probably. But the yeah. booger's hanging, dude. <laughs> you and so you're gonna point at the booger and not necessarily the like. How many times can you talk about your cat? Right. Even though this still sucks, you're, yeah. you cannot avoid the fact that, and she had a booger hanging out. Like, it just feels like on top of everything, there's this. There's going to be some booger talk. <laughs> right. So going to be some booger chat. Uh, hey, uh, uh, do you want to uh, uh, wrap up and then spoil Legion? Yeah, let's do that. Oh, real quick, just to mention, I saw Power Rangers. It's uh, If you're a kid in the 90s and you really liked Power Rangers, I have a feeling you're going to like this, and I think everyone else will probably hate it. I came out of it really... Uh, surprised how much stupid fun it was. I had a blast. My I kid. heard very positive things, which I was not expecting because it looked so dour. Yeah. Um, uh, but but uh, I I did hear more positive things than I was uh, uh, expecting. I, I kind of wanted it to lean a little bit more into '90s nostalgia, uh, just because that is such a a part of it yeah. for me, right? Because that was my I loved Power Rangers, watching it after after school every day, but yeah. um. But yeah, so so good. So thumbs up. It's good. I'd give it a thumbs up, but I would say um, I understand why people not connected to the property or have an appreciation for the property would hate it. My kids, for example, hated it. Think it's a bad movie. They did not like it at all. 
Um, they, but then again, they have no connection to Power Rangers. They just know it's this cheesy thing that was on TV or maybe even still on TV, but it was never for them. Um, I, I let that kind of stuff in my life, even as I was getting into my twenties to the point that I could still appreciate it. And they adhere to the cheese, man. They're ready to let the cheese go. There's some bad acting. There's definitely things to look at that are plot holy as hell, but it's just a big, dumb, stupid, fun time. I had a blast with it. So Take that, and I'm not being biased because I own it for the movie draft. I'm just saying, if you're if you're looking for, uh, there are worse times to have than go watching Power Rangers. All right, that's good. Let's get out of here with, uh, well, let's talk about Legion. But before we do, let's do some plugs, and then we'll then we'll spoil yeah. the hell out of uh, that last uh, episode. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Justin R Young. You can uh, come and watch me five days a week. Jeez, you are a busy man over there. Um, you can find me at Frogpants.com slash, uh, or no, sorry, Frogpants.tv. That'll take you to the Twitch channel. So when you're not seeing me, uh, or if you're not seeing Justin, you'll see me. And I auto-host Justin as well, so you'll see. we'll just keep seeing each other. It's fine. That's mm-hmm. how it should go. And then also, um, uh, there was one other thing I was going to mention that was a big deal, and I forgot it. Oh, if you're going to be in Vegas uh, this week at all, and uh, you're around, tweet me, and we'll, we'll see if we can't say hi, uh, even if it's not at the meetup on Tuesday. Okay, uh, there's that. Frogpants.com and uh, Justin uh, justinryoung.com. What is it? What's your Twitch thing? Twitch.tv slash Justin R. Young. Is there an R in there or just Justin? Everything, R. Young? Everything's Justin R. Young. Okay. You got a brand. You got a brand. You got to keep it up. I understand. JustinRYoung.tv. All right. Legion happened. It was over. It's done. Eight episodes is all you get. Uh, it uh, finished, I think, really strong. I think the last two episodes were works of art. Uh, I know some people hate this show. I could not like it more, I don't think. Um, I loved it every freaking. It proved to be a little bit more fractious than I thought it was going to be because I thought it would kind of be appreciated for taking so many risks. Uh, but there were a lot of people that, uh, specifically, I, I heard I heard a lot of complaints about the dialogue and the finale. Yeah, I mean, the finale is like um, it's a modern finale in that you know how Game of Thrones it's always the second to last one that's the best one of every season and then the last one kind of just is a little bit of a tidying up and well, no, the one that the, the show that i remember doing that the most was the wire mm. the wire would almost always uh have their big thing happen in the second to last episode and have their last episode be a uh a, a kind of an epilogue where you had to put the characters where you would want to set them up for the next season mm. yeah and it's a weird sort of modern thing i i don't remember when i was younger the you would always save your big guns and your money and your budget for your finale but for whatever reason yeah. i guess that's the thing is yeah you're right because uh, as soon as you got a little bit more freedom to sort of tell the story exactly how you wanted with the shorter seasons yeah i think that's really when you started to see that but it does carry a lot of real uh value because when you think about it when you think about premieres mm-hmm. like season premieres the weakest part of every season premiere is like Oh, well, like, but did Joey see Amanda kiss Brian? And it's like, yes. Okay, but then we still got to set up everything she's doing this season. Right. I was just like, did you see it? <laughs> yeah, I did. But really, I'm worried about getting this job at the burger stand. And it's like. <laughs> yeah, but also, yeah, but also here, here's the, th- here's the thing here's- about Legion. If, if they... <sighs> People that say that it, it, it let them down or they didn't like it or whatever their thing was. I would say to them, given the subject matter, what did you want? And nobody can answer this. I've talked to people to their face and said, "Well, what is it you were looking for?" Oh, I can, I can, I can fill that in. Uh, you know, I think that they wanted it. it the the second to last episode, yeah. the penultimate episode, it was amazing. Uh, uh, essentially, set the scene for a big X Men battle, right? Yeah, like the bad guys are closing in. There's a race against time where all these mutants are going to have to use all their mutant powers. They're going to form a team. It's going to end with, you know, the wind whipping through the hair of the, our heroes. And uh, now we're going to either uh, get a cameo from, you know, David's father, who I was shocked they didn't reveal by the end. Yeah. Um, or there's going to be some larger mythological kind of uh, a battle revealed. And that right? would have sucked. Everything you just said would have sucked because it would have been so formulaic and such a letdown. Like, I cannot believe how happy I am they didn't just do that. Because you're right. That is how you fill in those blanks. But that sucks. There's a million things that do that. For our entire lives, we've seen things that do that. Go watch a 1950s Superman serial that you'd watch on Saturdays at the matinee if you want that kind of ending. 
I want an ending that I don't expect, that I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know who these people are, and I don't know what they're doing. And I want new, interesting ways of telling me that story. And that's why I liked it. So I feel like as much as people complain that, oh, things are too formulaic now in Hollywood, they also really want something formulaic sometimes. And it drives me nuts, that dichotomy. It, it pisses me off. I mean, it did seem like that's where they were going, though, right? Because it, it, I watched a couple episodes this season on live TV. Yeah. And the vast majority I watched on, uh, on what's it called? On iTunes. Yeah. But um, I watched the second to last episode, hmm. and it's like I knew it was going to be something different because in the next week on, after the second to last episode, you saw the the tower of police. So it's like, okay, well that gets wrapped up five <laughs> seconds after it's started. Yeah. Uh, uh, so so I guess we're not going to get a big chasing around the forest X Men. Let's all use our powers in specific ways, kind of battle. And I, I'm like you, I'm I'm happy. I mean, again. This story was very, for as wild as it is in execution, it's very simple in plot. This is plot versus story, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Plot is David has a problem. David solves his problem, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So when the Shadow King is ejected from David's head, our story's over, right? right? We might have new stories based on the relationships that are, kind of forged when all this happens but in general that's it you know as soon as david figures out that he's both crazy and gifted yeah and solves the one problem that he can with the help of his friend that's it we're done yeah this isn't about david looking for his father this isn't about david finding his destiny as a superhero this isn't about uh, the greater world war between humans and mutants. This is about David. Yeah. And David solved his problem. Yeah, no, you're right. Plot of season one solved. Uh, uh, but, but then that's that spirit. The, the sh spirit the sh is, is, a, is a fever dream of, uh, you know, Salvador Dali. <laughs> right. And that's what I, I mean. I admit the minutia is what's winning me over and has won me over. And they've earned like some things people have complained about in the finale. And this is where we get into some spoilers, I guess. But uh, toward the end, the, the evil spirit, the knight or the shadow king uh he flies to a concord <laughs> he does uh and then you know jermaine takes off and then uh there's this moment up on the balcony when a weird robot ball whatever the hell it, i don't even remember what it was now came and 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 put david inside of it and became like this little prison ball and flew off into the who knows where with a prison ball Normally, that would irritate the hell out of me because it just came out of nowhere, felt really... <laughs> the credit scene, right? Yeah, it was, oh, that's right. That's right. It was post-credits or mid-credits. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, okay, well, that would normally not work for me. But I feel like they earned it. They earned the chance to say to me, what if we do this thing, which normally is super cheesy and stupid, but remember what we've done for eight episodes. So in context with that, just imagine where we could go now. And it and that's weird for me to feel that way. I, I expected to hate that, and I really liked that. Well, the show very fairly consistently did things that I think are stupid. Like, you know, <laughs> a, a psychic power stories are dumb in general yeah. just because they're like, you know, they're like really unimpressive magic tricks of like, oh, I moved a thing with my mind or like, I know what you're thinking and I can read your brain, yada, yada, yada. And yeah. it's usually pretty stupid because it's unoriginal and dumb. Right. Uh, I hate, 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 hate stories where people are in somebody's mind yeah. and it's like because uh, it always just ends with them killing themselves or like you know realizing that the one character isn't really the one character and punching them and now all of a sudden they all just wake up and it doesn't make sense it's magic it's magic storytelling and i hate magic storytelling unless you build your rules yeah. and this was a series that was aggressively pushing how insane they were going to make their universe and yet doing their best to underpin it with the rules that they could. Yeah, the rules are still there. You you being trapped in somebody's dream or their brain and not knowing where the boundaries are, not worrying where it, knowing where it starts or ends. Is this real now? Is it not real now? Like the stuff I normally hate in stories. Yeah. They did it in a way that was uncomfortable, that was discordant, that was frustrating. And I mean that to like the senses. Like why is he in an ice cube? You don't, they don't even have to explain it. Just okay i guess i get it but even outside in the real world why is he in a suit that's covered in ice like 
there's so many questions they don't answer and it and it provides just this wonderland of imagination and because i'm this visual dude for most of what i consume uh, i tend to be very visual with things that works for me across the board and it and it really lessened the impact of the idea that this is really just a big dream and i hate those normally so yeah like i i, I guess i'm just agreeing with you i totally agree with that and how they did that i don't e- i don't even know like they did it with set design they did it with camera work they did it with funky acting choices and 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 strange scene structure and weird ass endings of things and you know strange even strange like late title card work in episodes and yeah like i it's not at all what i expected and i think that's what i wanted and didn't know it so i want more of it now i get did we get in a longer one next season we don't i don't think they've said i don't know what it was renewed for i just know that it was renewed yeah so uh uh it did not do great in the ratings it is something that will have to kind of find a life on netflix uh to kind of i think really sort of catch its stride but you know i was i was really in love with it it was one of those shows that about halfway through i'm like this might be like the greatest thing that's ever happened on television it's it's just so good and and really i think the daring elements of it and the kind of dazzling acting performance by Aubrey Plaza yeah. uh, did a lot to sort of take away or minimize its negatives at times. The, you know, the, the, the love story between David and the girl uh, I think is a little thin, yeah. you know, when you really look at it critically. Uh, I don't know how good of an actor the guy who plays David is. Uh, <laughs> I know I liked everything around. Him. I mean, constantly the world around him is more interesting than he is. Yeah, I think. But but don't, didn't you get the feeling it was kind of by design, though, a little bit like I, I felt like we were pull, being pulled that direction to feel that way. I could be I wrong. Mean, sure. But also like that was and I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, that Jack from Lost was the same way. The mm-hmm. world around Jack, although despite the fact that he was the main character, was way more interesting than he was. Yeah. You know, so uh I don't think it was a bad thing. It was just, uh, it's a sign of a good show that like, it was only really when I looked at it kind of critically afterward that I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I really don't care if those two get together and I don't care if he died tomorrow. (laughs) If it was just about Jermaine Clement and Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. Yeah. When he does the, I would be fine. That music conducting thing mid-show where there's really no other audio but the music and there's the big fight with Aubrey Plaza in that hallway I, I still think it's the coolest thing I've seen all year I mean her to me that that show or that episode rather where she does the the big you know uh, musical number mm-hmm. where she's like just vamping and dancing through all of his memories and just kind of like being gross and licking his face and like you know just kind of running roughshod through his brain is just it's a part of her 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 acting range that i didn't know i wanted but man am i happy that it exists yeah like she's so good all right right, so so next year i hope they can pull it off again i hope they can keep it going we'll have to see i think it's gonna do it for today's show though everybody if you've enjoyed it let us know you can always let us know on Twitter, Justin R. Young on Twitter. I'm at Scott Johnson. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else? I don't know. There's other stuff always going on. So check us out in all the ways we told you about before. We'll be back, I believe, next week, unless something's weird going. You're not traveling next Monday, are you? You're around next Monday. I'm here, baby. All right. We'll be back next Monday, everybody. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. We'll see you then. Part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. Yes.